Hello and welcome to the First and Ten podcast. It's uh, me, Dave, hosting again this week. Um, Ross is at Disneyland. Um, I don't know if he's there on his own or with someone else, but you know you can speculate about that yourself. Um, instead of joining me, we've got from one half of our Saints podcast, it is Rowan Smith. How are you, Rowan? I'm very well, thank you, Dave. Thank you very much for having me on. Oh, no problem. Yeah, thank you for coming on. Uh, it's pretty short notice. I asked you, wasn't it? But um, yeah, always available. So yeah. Well, that's the thing. It doesn't reflect very well on me, does it? That I've uh, <laughs> ten minutes notice and I've got nothing better to do. Yeah, but you know, always got time for the for the podcast. Um, oh, sure. Well, you were were going to record your Saints one tonight, I think, weren't you? At one stage, and then we were. Yeah, I don't know if uh, if Jake's got another supper club um, coming, <laughs> but um, yeah, we'll be. We'll be recording later on this week, and uh, and the Saints one should be live, I'd say, Thursday-ish. It's week, yeah, I thought. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, we are on the bye week this week, so it's a, a little bit more relaxed. Yeah, definitely. So it's, uh, the week we've managed to get you on is um, the other week you're not even playing, so that obviously worked out really well. But well, you might as well tell us a bit more about that Saints podcast. It's one of the uh, ones on the First and Ten Network, so... How has that been going then? Uh, really well. It's um, uh, for both myself and, and Jake. It's been the first kind of crack we've uh, we've had at, at doing a, an NFL podcast, and uh, you guys have been kind enough to give us the platform. Um, it's been um, it's gone very well so far in the sense that we haven't had to report on a loss since uh, since the first week. We started with the Rams game when when Breeze went down. It was all a bit doom and gloom, and we didn't know how far we were going to go. And then. Every week since then, the prediction's been nearly spot on, and um, and we just keep winning. It's been great. Yeah. So every time I uh, come to edit them, they're always uh, good. And you say I think um, I remember we were a bit doom and gloom on our podcast about the uh, Saints' chances with Bridgewater, and yeah, that come back to bite us. But yeah, I remember you two being very positive about that, and it's worked out well for you. Well, he's a he's a quality player, and uh, I think that's been shown up in the last few weeks. We were a little bit concerned as to how his his speed outside of the pocket and his ability to extend plays would have been carried over with the leg injury. But you know, five and zero is the uh, highest paid backup quarterback in the league, and I think it's a a ringing endorsement of of how good he's been. That as we uh, as we go out the back of the trade deadline, he's still on the roster. Yeah, especially now Breeze is back. Um... Yeah, easy could have been moved on, couldn't he? There's a few teams out there that could do with uh, someone like Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, well, uh, I think that um, uh, Mr. Payton and Co. will have been looking for somebody to to come in with the with the stupid offer of uh, you know his two first rounders and three players and a sack of money for him. But um, it seems that everybody's been a little bit too sensible this year. Yeah, well, this was a plan to be a bit of a um, a deadline. Um, yeah, trade deadline uh, reaction podcast, and then uh, nothing happened. Basically, there was a uh, one trade I think all day. It was uh, a keep to leave going to the Dolphins, then basically giving up a pick just to get him off the roster. So, like, pretty one of the least interesting deadline there's been, I would say, in the NFL for some years. Yeah, we've been uh, sat here waiting on is Jamal Adams going to go? Um, you know, whoever else is is getting ready to get shopped. Um, Andy Dalton being benched, are the Bengals going to be looking for a quarterback? That was the the sort of big heads up for for Bridgewater that we got today. But yeah, apart from getting rid of Tlaib for <laughs> to give the Dolphins even more uh, draft capital, um, there's even talk that he might not even play a snap for Miami this year. That they've just eaten the salary cap hit and they're just going to let him sit on the sidelines. But um, yeah, it was really quiet, eerily quiet. 
Yeah, so there was a, the talk all day, wasn't there? Like, Le'Veon Bell could have moved, Jamal Adams, as I said, Trent Williams. I mean, the last couple of days there's been um, Darius Slay, DeAndre, Hop- De- sorry, DeAndre Hopkins all mentioned, and then, yeah, just all came and went with uh, nothing. But I was a bit yeah. surprised, because there's plenty of teams out there that uh, need a player or two, isn't there? I mean, lots of needing wide receivers, and then not not much has happened today. Yeah, I mean, the Saints amongst them, we've been, um, we've been hotly linked with... Every uh, every pass catcher going really with the lack of depth behind Michael Thomas and with Jared Cook out and Ted Ginn doing Ted Ginn things, um, but uh, there was just nothing. I don't know whether the Saints weren't actually willing to to part with any any draft capital or, or to move anybody in, but um, yeah, no real interest there. And a lot of players who are, I guess, on quite hefty contracts. If there's you know there's already rumours that uh, Jamal Adams they were asking for. Jalen Ramsey type capital in exchange for him um, you know maybe the asking prices were just too high this time yeah so it's uh, yeah, it was unexpected but yeah it's a um, good time to talk about well sorry not good as much to talk about sorry that's more what I meant there um, well one thing we might as well talk about is that Bengals move uh, bench Andy Dalton I did, I did wonder if he was going to be someone that uh, ended up getting traded after that but yeah they've uh, they're 0-8 and they've benched him and they're going to go with Ryan Finley for the rest of the season and uh, see what they've got with there so I mean what was your first reaction with that to me it makes a lot of sense doesn't it really I mean the the word that I, I heard out of um, Cincinnati was that they were physically resistant to the idea of trading anybody yeah um, which has got to feel pretty <laughs> as a fan or as a uh, as a, a player who's been on that roster for a while and is looking to get out that's got to feel pretty sickening yeah um, but Andy that's kind of been a uh, that kind of benchmark for a middle of the road uh, a middle of the roads average QB and uh, it doesn't get half the league's better than him half the league's worse than him and he's just kind of sat there and uh, to get bench like that for I mean I can't even remember the guy's name yeah Ryan Finley is what was he a fourth round rookie I think yeah he was um, he was Brissett's um, understudy at NC State, uh, and he's nah, he's fine. You know, he's yeah. he's, uh, he's not going to set the league on fire, and he's he's not exactly a an exciting prospect for Cincinnati. But then, you know, if he can tank just as well as Dalton can for the rest of the year, then the uh, Cincinnati fans can look forward to someone new next year. I mean, that's the thing. I do I do get it. Oh, and eight, they might as well see what they got infinitely. But I mean, to me, if you put Dalton over onto the Bears or even like the Titans or someone. I think both them teams instantly become a lot lot better but I mean you're a you're a, t- a fan of a team in the NFC if the Bears had Andy Dalton you're definitely more worried about them than sorry worried about them than with Mitch Trubisky at the helm aren't you yeah absolutely um I was I was looking at the Bears game after after Breeze went down as the big I'm not sure how we're going to get past this one with a uh, a recovering quarterback who hasn't played for a while and, and a, a limited playbook against against that defence. I was really worried about that one. Um, but I, I just don't know what's going on with him. He's just he's nowhere near the kind of level you'd expect from the, the place where the Bears drafted him. Yeah, it's, uh, yes, it's, it's a sort of weird time in the league, I think, at the moment. There's um, it's sort of a change in the guard a little at the top, but then some of these uh, younger players aren't really stepping up, are they, where they need to? But... Yeah, I think it's going to be a weird uh, league in a couple of years' time with some of these quarterbacks gone and some of these new ones coming in. Yeah, I think so. Um, we were looking at the the draft at the start of this year to like capital letters who who needed a quarterback, who was 
who was really struggling without one and you know did Arizona need to go for Kyler Murray and or what Josh Rosen had done and, and how many teams in there were kind of not desperate but thinking about that that next level and um you know by this point of the year that that list is just getting bigger and bigger yeah. um yeah. yeah i i just think it's uh, it must be great to watch as a um as a san francisco fan for yeah. the the players that they've got on their roster at the moment and how much they're hurting <laughs> the people who uh who passed up on them um williams over Trubisky and um, and Nick Bosa this weekend against um, against Carolina. I mean, he looked ten times the player that Kyler Murray does. Yeah, I mean, he's putting up defensive player of the year sort of stats, isn't he, right now? Yeah, I mean, he's um, he was a great player in college. He's uh, he's the same kind of athleticism as his brother, but he's more of a a compact ball rusher rather than the kind of rangy arms flailing around everywhere that Joey is. Um, but we've been uh, Obviously, the Saints podcast is slightly biased, but I say slightly. Um, we've been saying for a while now, myself and Jake, that um, that Kyle Allen is a perfectly decent player, but he hasn't been frightened yet and he hasn't been hit yet. And the first time that he comes up against a team that's going to rush him and he's not going to get the protection, he's going to have big angry people in his face, he's going to become much more like a rookie very quickly. And I think that was his week this week, courtesy yeah. Yeah, he's got um got a tough one coming up, hasn't he? It's uh, yeah, not not a good not a good time for him, I don't think. Um, well, uh, well, I guess the other bit of news we had this week was uh, well, about five minutes before we started recording, uh, it was announced that Trent Williams has ended his holdout for the Redskins. I mean, that, that's going to turn their season around, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, um, it's you've got a feel for the just sat there thinking how do I get out of this organisation? I, I need to go somewhere else. I need to do something. And uh, and this is the way he's decided to do it. And they've waited all the way till the end of the trade deadline and he's stuck there. And uh, he's gone, right, well, I may as well, uh, may as well get some game checks then. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. But then you've got, looking at last year, um, the likes of uh, Le'Veon Bell, who apparently nearly got traded again. Um, these these holdouts don't always work. No. it was It was weird with Williams because... It seemed like it wasn't really about money at all. It seemed like he just was done with that organisation, didn't it? And yeah. I mean, there's plenty of teams out there that need a good left tackle, and I'm surprised one of them didn't uh, pay up for him. But yeah, came and went, and he's back with the Redskins. <laughs> uh, again, we I guess we don't know what um, what they put on him as a value, but um, yeah, it's it's nice to see somebody who's uh, who is just sick of of playing for a team that's that bad and uh, and wants to wants to challenge rather than just thinking, I need this much money or I want to be paid as much as this guy. I mean, I think them and the Bengals have just just had a disastrous, well, obviously disaster season, but I mean, at this stage, I don't know why they're holding on to these players. At least just try and get something back for them, even if it's a little less than you want. Because, I mean, the Red, uh, the Bengals aren't going anywhere with like AJ Green, Tyler Eye for these sort of players, are they? They're all likely to not be there next season anyway. So why not just get rid of them now and... I mean, the Redskins have been doing it for years, haven't they? Just making bad, bad decisions. Yeah, I, I think this is what it comes down to. It's just um, organisations that are poorly run and are making poor decisions. Um, that places like even if even if you were sat there thinking that AJ Green is a first and a second in in the trade market, and somebody comes to you with a a first and a third, you've surely got to take that, even if even if it's not exactly what you wanted, because the guy's gone at the end of the year anyway. 
Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense to me. And I guess that's why these teams are that they stay bad every year, basically, don't they? Yeah, yeah. This is it. It's uh, the organisations that, that keep making these stupid decisions, keep uh, either sticking with bad players or uh, or spending over the odds to get them in. Um, I mean, Washington have had their their share of bad luck as well with Alex Smith's injury and things like this. But you've still got to make smart choices if you want to put yourself in a position to succeed. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, yeah, it's it doesn't seem like it's going to change anytime soon either, does it? For either either of those organisations, but I think we're both quite lucky that we follow teams that are are pretty decent on that side of things. Yeah, <laughs> at least uh, making. Uh, making decisions for the long run and a, a more of a, a franchise than um, yeah, just a, a team that's bumbling along. Yeah, just it seems like the Bengals make decisions based on selling tickets for two weeks away rather than uh, anything, anything else. But yeah, yeah, that's what they're going <laughs> to yep. be. Well, I guess that pretty much rounds up the news. So I was expecting it to be a bit more of a uh, bit heavier on that one. So I mean, might as well get on for previews for week nine. I can't believe we're that far into the season now. Over halfway after this week, so. Well, before this week, actually, isn't it? So, yeah, this yeah. is uh, pretty depressing, really. So, save it while it lasts. Well, it's, uh, it's a nice, quiet week for, for us this week. It's Yeah, um, yeah I was I was expecting... Well, I think most people were expecting that if Breeze was going to be back fit and back throwing again, that we wouldn't see him until after the bye, and he'd take the extra week to uh, to recover. But, um, yeah, it's it's now just waiting on, on Kamara to get back fit again for the Saints. Yeah, and I assume... Uh, once the bye's been and gone, that he'll be back to pretty much full health, won't he? But I mean, Latavius Murray's been doing pretty well, hasn't he? <laughs> uh, while he hasn't really been, he's been missing or not quite full, fully fit. Yeah, he's um, he's fighting his his way for that for that space. Um, I I think the the thing in the off season with him was obviously he was a lot lot cheaper than Mark Ingram and and he could maybe fill the same kind of role uh, that Ingram does in in the offense, but. It was having him there as a three-down back and a, a pass-catching back as well. And um, he's been doing that perfectly well without Kamara in the mix. And uh, he's been running up the gut and, and knocking people over for 100-odd yards two weeks in a row. He's, um, yeah, he's doing fantastically well. It's pretty impressive. Um, well, we can also get on with Thursday Night Football. Uh, that is San Francisco 49ers at the Arizona Cardinals. Well, how, how do you see this one going? I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> seems pretty obvious, doesn't it, at first glance? It, it does. Um, I think we've got. Obviously, we're doing the power rankings are back for, for first and ten now, and um, that that top four of New England, San Francisco, New Orleans, and Green Bay um, that doesn't look like it's going anywhere. And I really can't see Arizona being the one to uh, to add a, a loss to the to a loss to the column for. San Francisco and they look fantastic against Carolina and Arizona's main problem at the moment is that they're not giving Murray enough protection he hasn't got the talent around him um, so um, poor old Kenyon Drake is about to um, is about to walk into a very difficult day yeah it's um, yeah it's been a bit of a struggle for David Johnson so I'm not sure Kenyon Drake coming in is going to have the, great, uh, the easiest of times is he um, yeah this I mean this feels like a game where Kyler Murray really looks like a rookie, doesn't it? Against that defense, they've been incredible. And yeah, it feels like a game where the, the sack numbers are going to be off the charts to me. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna have to spend a lot of time scrambling, a lot of time extending plays. And he did show against us last week that if he does find the uh, the gaps in the secondary, he can he can hurt you. But oh yeah, I can't see 
I can't see San Francisco really slowing down. And after Tevin Coleman's week last week, and we've seen that uh, Arizona are not good against the run, and uh, even with their sort of prestigious uh, pass rush talent from from years past, they're they're not um, able to tee off on the quarterback like you'd expect them to. Um, I I think Garoppolo and his team are going to have a pretty easy day at the office. Yeah, I, I always try and like look for how I think a team can win, and to me, I just don't really see it with this Cardinals team in this game. I mean, Homer on a Thursday night is always a bit of an advantage, but um, yeah, to me, they're just there's just too much of a golf between these two. I think it's uh, it's in in a couple of years' time when that roster's a little bit more developed and and Kyler Murray's starting to turn into Russell Wilson a little bit more, um, then you'd maybe give them more of a shot. But right now, with the record they have and uh, and how well San Francisco are doing, how much confidence they've got, um, yeah, I can only see that going one way really. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, both picking the 49ers there um, that's what, uh, that's first night football so on to Sunday um, we've got the final London game of the year it is the Houston Texans well, at the Jags but um, yeah it's at Wembley um, I think this one's quite a tough one to call because personally I'm not really convinced about either of them so uh, yeah I'm not really sure what way to go on this one but uh, how do you see this one going? Yeah it's um, it's a difficult one you You've seen for the rest of this year how the how the London games are, are coming up with quite strange results and teams are either not planning properly, they're not uh, turning up well rested, or they're having troubles with the um, with the time difference. But um, we've had the Texans sort of moving up the power ranking steadily, just because they keep winning in quite a bad division. But they're, only, they're still only one game ahead of, of Jacksonville, and uh, Jacksonville always seem more comfortable in London. They they do it more often than anyone else. I think it could be a really close one, but uh, for this week, I'm actually gonna I'm gonna go Jags for this. I think um, Mr. Minshew might be able to pull it out. Yeah, it's uh, they're such a weird team, aren't they, the Texans? You uh, think they finally got it together, and then the next week they come out and just look awful again, don't they? It's it, they're sort they're sort of like the te- uh, the Titans, really, aren't they? You don't really know what you're gonna get from week to week, but I mean, they're just a bit more, a little bit better than them, but. Yeah, they lost JJ Watt last week, didn't they? And that's obviously a huge loss. So, obviously. yeah, I'm really struggling to pick this one. But yeah, I'll, I'll I'll probably go the Texans, but I also don't feel confident in picking that, like in any way, because <laughs> I don't know what, what team's going to turn up. But I mean, I, I'd back to Sean Watson to beat beat the Jags defense over Gardner Minshew versus the Texans. But yeah, it, it, it's not a big shock, I think, in either result here. Oh, it'll be a close one. I'm I'm thinking for this one if it's a if it's a cold, miserable, rainy day in England that um, Leonard Fournette on the ground and Gardner Minshew making the uh, making the easy throws is going to be a little bit more. They're going to be more at home and more comfortable with that kind of game than Deshaun Watson trying to scramble around and, and make it work. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not predicting a, a particularly high scorer there, but. Yeah, some old school smash mouth football and a a narrow win for the Jags for me. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. So both teams arrive on Friday this week, so no one's got the advantage this week at all. Um, well, next up we have got the Indianapolis Colts at the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think this is another tough game to call. It's um, a pretty close one. Where I don't think either team have been amazing this season, but both have sort of been okay. Um, well, how do you say, how, how? Sorry, what do you feel about this one? Yeah, I, you can sort of look at these as um, both teams have got a big loss or a big win in them. Yeah. Um, 
I think for for the way that the Colts season's progressing at the moment, and they've, you know, their division's still wide open, and they can still make a make a shot there, and they've started to calm down now since um, they've had they've definitely had Brissett in the role rather than Luck. Um, for me, I think again it's going to be close, but I've got to go with the Colts on this one. Um, they're just a more polished unit. Uh, they're more stable in the uh, in the running back uh, department with with Marlon Mack. Um, they've got a more talented quarterback and a more talented lead receiver. Um, they've just got that little bit extra across the board that I think should be able to carry them through this week. And then you're looking at the if the the difference maker for this for me really is going to be the defense. Um, it's uh, it's Darius Leonard. Um, is uh, I think he's got more to him than than TJ Watt if we're if we're doing head to head matchups. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's fair enough. It's yeah, it's. I, yeah, I think I just trust Brissett and the Colts more than I trust Rudolph, and especially. Um, it looks like, it looks, <clears throat> sorry, it looks like James Connor's going to uh, miss the game. He injured his shoulder, I believe it was. Um, so I don't think it's been confirmed that he's out, but I mean, all the reports seem to be that he would miss a week or two at least. So it looks like it'll be Jaden Samuels in there, and. Yeah, I don't think he's quite as good as Connor. I think he did okay when he's come in before, but yeah, I don't think he's the same sort of level as Connor. And I think the Colts will be able to handle that offense fairly easily. I mean, there's not tons of threats there outside of uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. Really, there's not a ton else you're scared of on that Steelers de- uh, offense, is there? No, no. I think you go for the um, for the kind of the steady, the stability here of um, yeah, the team that's sort of been just about making it work week after week over the ones where. You've got a different quarterback every week, and this guy's injured. This guy's injured. Um, yeah, I I think the Colts for me on this one. Yeah, same. I think they just seem to keep finding a way to win these games, don't they? Even when they're not playing great, necessarily, they uh, edge them out like they have the last couple of weeks. I mean, we've we've been saying this again on the on the Saints one with the, um, how the Seahawks have been doing, how how New England have been doing with a lackluster offense. The the really great teams that have got a chance of winning the whole thing. They they do find a way to win when they're not at their best. I'm not by any means saying the Colts are that, but um they've they have got that element to them of they can pull a win out when they're when they're still struggling. Yeah. And I, I know they lost Andrew Luck, but I think coming into the season they had one of the better rosters in the league, didn't they? And I mean that hasn't changed just because the quarterback's gone. They've still got a good team around him or around Brissett, sorry. Yeah, they've got a they've got a stellar offensive line. They've got a, a really bright young rookie linebacker in Leonard. Um, yeah, Quentin Nelson's a, a really top quality player and someone who's going to be a, a great asset for them for a long time um, and then you've still got the likes of you know, Ebron, Doyle, Hilton in there as as people who can really hurt you through the air um, Yeah, I think they're just a better team overall Yeah, yeah I totally agree with you um, Next up we've got well, what is a, an atrocious matchup really, is the uh, New York Jets at the Miami Dolphins We've got one team who seem to want to trade their whole like any good player away, and one team who already has done that. Um, so, uh, I mean, we don't need to take too long talking about this one. <laughs> Which way to see this one go? Uh, yeah, Jets Dolphins live on Comedy Central. Uh, <laughs> I've, um, <laughs> I've, I've got to give this to the Jets, but I mean, there's no way in hell anyone's watching this without, without popcorn. It's just this isn't even going to be football. It's <laughs> they're both atrocious. Um, one of them is is slightly better with uh, with Donald as a, a kind of like an up and coming prospect rather than uh, a roster that's dying away. Um, 
yeah, I, I can't see. I honestly can't see the Dolphins beating anyone this year, and uh, I think the Jets will have their second win. Yeah, I, I think the uh, the Jets are only three point favourites in this game, and that sort of says how bad about the Jets are playing at the moment. Because I mean, the Dolphins are a team that actively trying to lose; they're not even hiding it anymore, are they? With some of these decisions they make out there. I mean, I, I think was it last week or the week before they had it was like trying to close out the game and. They've taken about thirty-five seconds to get to the line and snap the ball. Really, it was a uh, yeah, not even trying to hide it. But I mean, I think there is something in there for the Jets. But yeah, I don't really understand what they're doing. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I don't feel like they're a million miles away. And then yeah, today they'll try to trade Lev Bell, Jamal, um, yeah, Jamal Adams, yeah, just basically anyone, any good really. Yeah, I don't totally care. But yeah, I think they come out of this one with a win. Um, yeah, um, you've got. <laughs> it's it's going to be a it's going to be a fun game to watch. I think if you're <laughs> yeah. not something to show somebody the sport for the first time, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll we'll give the Jets on that one. Yeah. Um, oh, next up we have got the Washington Redskins, another top franchise, um, heading to the Buffalo Bills. I mean, this can only go one way, can't it? You'd have thought so. I mean, the the Bills. It was quite a. I wasn't expecting them to get rolled over by the Eagles this week. So. Um, I don't know if there's a weakness has been found there, but I'm I'm certain the Redskins aren't the ones to exploit it. If there is, um, yeah. Again, the the Bills have kind of been sneaky good for the the first bit of the season. They were the team that's come closest to to beating the Patriots, um, and Washington shouldn't put up any any trouble for them really at all. Plus, they've got uh, Singletary's back and uh, back close to being fit now. Um, Josh Allen's doing doing what he does, and Washington just. Don't seem to have a clue. No. I mean, I'm not 100% sure he's going to be at quarterback for the Redskins this week, but if it's Dwayne Haskins, then I mean, he could be in for a nightmare day, couldn't he? Yeah, I, again, I, he's another one of these Trubisky type, Josh Rosen type players. Of he was fine in college. He wasn't exactly a you know going to set the world on fire, but he was a he was a solid player, and he seems to have been drafted by a team that maybe didn't want him. And yeah. uh, I don't know if he's getting coached at all. But he's just—it looks like he's gone backwards by three years from uh, from when he was at college. Yeah. I, I really liked Haskins coming out. It was just a bit of—I you know, think he was just like a one-year starter, so he didn't have tons of experience. But I mean, he was at least exciting. But yeah, they just seem to have. I mean, he doesn't seem any better now than he was say, at the start of last season when he had barely even thrown a pass in college, let alone uh, in the NFL. But yeah, God knows what's going on there because. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what they're, who they're trying to hire, what they're trying to do. There's just no real philosophy, is there? No, I mean, whatever you may or may not think about Ohio State as a college, he's um, they don't they don't pick and develop bad players, and they definitely don't give bad players single year starting roles. Um, he had the tape coming out of college. He he looked fine. He was um, supposed to be nailed on to go to New York before they uh, did something weird and picked Daniel Jones. But um, yeah, he's just. It's like he's just sort of been left out to, left out to pasture, I suppose. Put out to pasture. I think, I, I think he threw like fifty touchdowns last year in college. It's, I mean, yeah. that's not the sort of player you're seeing now. It's uh, yeah, he just looks like. Well, I mean, that team. I think anyone they put out there doesn't look great, do they? But I mean, it's not like they've got a bad group of receivers. I don't think like Terry McLaurin. I think it's going to be a star when uh, he gets like a real quarterback and maybe a real coach and I mean maybe traded to a real team eventually. But it's. Yeah, they're just disastrous. It doesn't seem like it's going to get better anytime soon, does it? There, they've got no coaching, they've got no protection, and um, and their running backs are about three hundred years old each. 
just no there's none of the the kind of basic structure around giving a young quarterback a chance he's just he's just going out there and getting pummeled um before he can find anywhere with the ball it's um yeah i've got no idea what they're doing <laughs> yeah uh, yeah saying that their stars are all about 35 years old each and like josh norman he's not exactly playing great football is he he's uh i mean you saw lots of him when he was at the panthers didn't you and I heard yeah. lots. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, he's he's a he's going to be a great pundit someday. <laughs> yeah, he does uh, do all right when he's over on Sky Sports sometimes, doesn't he? Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah. think that that's I think that will suit him more than the playing right now. Yeah, I think there's a fair few corners that can do that, but uh, <laughs> yeah, against someone else who was supposed to be uh, being shopped today and uh, couldn't find anywhere that wanted him. Yeah. I mean, that was going to be a Talib sort of deal if uh, anyone took him on. Yeah, I think there's there's only so many teams in the league that have got a space for a for a mouthy corner who uh, hasn't really got the skills to back it up anymore. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah the already picked there. So yeah, so uh, both going bills here. I take it. Yeah, not yeah. not picking a big upset. No, no, nice and easy. <laughs> yeah, it's a simple one. I mean, one that is a bit tougher. We've got the Tennessee Titans at the Carolina Panthers. <sighs> is this... That is tough. Yeah. Um, yeah, four and four against four and three. Um, for the Titans, you don't really know what kind of team's going to turn up. It changes at quarterback, and um, Derek Henry seems to have gone quiet again. And you kind of look at that roster and trying to think, how are they going to score? What's the what's the mechanism that that generates points for that that Titans team? But somehow they've won four games. Um, yeah, I. I don't think they've got a, a huge amount going for them this week, and I, I really hate to back the Panthers, but I'm I'm kind of hoping that um, that Kyle Allen has had the fear of God put into him this week from uh, getting sacked seven times, throwing three picks, and uh, and doing nothing else for the rest of his time. So um, I don't know. Maybe he's, he's still going to be shell shocked, and and uh, Tennessee will be able to pull something out, but. As much as it pains me, I feel like this is going to be um, Christian McCaffrey's day. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's hard not to pick that, isn't it? Um, I mean, I, I I think I'm going to go for a Titans win here, just because I just don't believe that Allen is particularly good. I think <laughs> I think that the Titans, as you said, you, God knows who's, what Titans it is going to be that turns up, but I'm not convinced that the Panthers are that great of a team. Really, I think they've just had a I don't know, a nice little run where they've done it. And I'm very much in the camp of Christian McCaffrey can't keep this up because, I mean, the volume of work they give him is just unbelievable. And just to me, just unsustainable. But, I mean, Jeffrey Simmons, I think, come uh, in for the Titans last week and I loved him in the draft. And I think he went about <laughs> late 20s for them. And he can absolutely kill Alan all day, I think. He, is, he looked incredible. Yeah, to me, I'm going for a Titans win, but I'll, I'll never, ever feel confident picking the Titans because, you know, they are a ridiculous football team. But, yeah, I'm going for a Titans win in this one. OK, I mean, I'm not going to I'm not gonna try and talk you out of it because uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd love that to happen. Um, yeah, I, uh, it's it's really difficult for um, for me on Kyle Owen because um, my, my college team that I've been following for the past few years has always been Texas A&M. Um, and I love watching them, follow them every week. Uh, they have a, a great track record of um, finding weird eccentric quarterbacks, and 
and trying to make them uh, make them into stars, Johnny Manziel included. Um, and that's where Kyle Allen started before he went to Houston. So he was kind of like the the dull backup kid who wasn't quite eccentric enough to, to make it work. So coming into the draft, I had quite a soft spot for him and I wanted him to do quite well. And then he went to Carolina. And <laughs> even then, he was just going to sort of be quiet and fade into the background. I, I didn't mind it too much. But then he starts, he goes 4-0 and and everybody's talking about him as if he's the next Jesus. And it doesn't... It just doesn't translate into the kind of player he is, no, no. and uh, yeah, I like we were, like we were saying at the start of this, he's been um, he's been stood there waiting to to be properly challenged and to deal with a proper pass rush, decent secondary coverage, and uh, and to have a really bad day, and he got that last week. So this is going to be the making of him now. If he can if he can step up and show the league that he can be a, a dependable starting quarterback and that a week like that isn't going to happen every week and isn't going to get him down, then he's going to do pretty well. But if he does it again, then um, we'll have the uh, man in the headscarf back. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I think he's done enough to basically cover a 10-12 year career as a backup. But to me, I'm not sure he's ever going to be a real starter quality. But he's still young, isn't he? He's still plenty of time to develop. But yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sold that there's a real great starting quarterback in there. But... Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I, I assume Cam's back in a week or two, isn't he? I think. And uh, well, supposedly back. Um, he's. Uh, there are rumours that he's he's closer to being fit than uh, than maybe is is being put about. Um, the last talk on it was that he was still in rehab for the uh, for the injured. Uh, it was a foot injury, I think he had, didn't he? Uh, yeah, uh, he's had all sorts, hasn't he? I think. But yeah, I think it's a foot that's keeping him out. Yeah. Um, but Rivera's not being drawn on whether he's going to keep Allen in after Newton gets back fit. But, um, yeah, there's, there's some talk that uh, Cam might be a little bit closer to being healthy than uh, than they're putting out there. I mean, to me, I think Allen's good enough to not rush Cam back. But if, if you've got a help, as healthy as you're going to get Cam Newton, then I think you have to play him, really. I think he's a difference maker. I'm not sure Carl Allen really is. No. Kyle Allen isn't going to win you any games. No. Chris McCaffrey will do. Cam Newton might lose you a few, but he'll win you a few. Allen is, you know, what six foot three, two hundred and ten pounds. He's just a a tall guy that can throw a ball. It's yeah, there's yeah. nothing. Uh, he's a what do you call it? It's, it's like he's a system. Yeah. yeah. It's just something simple to use. <laughs> it's not. He's not a playmaker for me. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. There's a there's a place for that, but yeah, it's not. Um... Uh, there is. It's called Washington. Yeah, true. Yeah, it'd be a big upgrade, or maybe even uh, Chicago, really, at this stage. But um, yeah. yeah, that's a that's another conversation. Um, so yeah, we're split on that one. Um, it's another tough game to pick. I think it is the Minnesota Minnesota Vikings at the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, I don't know if Mahomes is back for this. I assume he's not, but I mean, if he is, then this is a really exciting one. I haven't seen anything to say he's going to be back ahead, and uh, it looks like this will still be on the backup. That's Matt Moore, isn't it? At Kansas City. Yeah. Um, again, Minnesota. You don't know what kind of team's going to turn up. Um, Diggs is on what 140 yards receiving in the last three games in a row. Um, Kirk Cousins has started playing Madden 18 again and decided he's good. Um, it's it's bizarre seeing what they're doing week to week, but. Um, the thing for me is, even without Mahomes, and even with uh, the kind of problems they've had at, at running back and 
the kind of disruption in the system. Leafs did still put 17 points on Green Bay last week. Yeah. And on a very good Green Bay team. Um, I think if Kansas City can come out quick and, uh, and try and shut down Dalvin Cook and keep Minnesota under pressure, start making Cousins put up those big throws again and throw wide and put some pressure on him, I think this could be Kansas City's day. Yeah, I've, I've gone for Kansas City as well, and I thought I was maybe getting a, a bit of an upset pick there. But um, yeah, it's it's weird as well I can see because they can they can beat up on a bad team or two, and um, I think the Chiefs' defense isn't isn't exactly great. And I think the I think the Vikings have put up some points, but even without Mahomes, I do think that the Chiefs are also going to put put up some points. I think this could be sneakily a bit of a shootout. Really, it's um, I think so. Yeah, yeah, it's a tough one to call, but yeah, I think I'll just take the Chiefs. I mean, other players. I think Adam Phelan might be back this week, is he? Or is it another week out? I'm not sure. Um, but, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, to me, I think it does... I said earlier, it does. I think Dalvin Cook is the key to this game for the Vikings. If he can get going, which he does seem to do most weeks, he doesn't seem to be able to be stopped at the moment. But if he can get going, then... I mean, that gives the Vikings a really good chance. But, yeah, for me, I think, especially at home, I'm picking the Chiefs to just come out of this one. Yeah, I think it's... I'm still calling that an upset. I think the... Yeah. From- Boards and without Mahomes, you should really expect Minnesota to be good enough for that. But uh, I feel like Kansas City have, have probably got just enough in the tank if they play this one right. If you'd asked me before the game against Green Bay, I think I'd have picked the Vikings here easily. But yeah, I think the Chiefs impressed me in that and showed they're a little bit more than just Mahomes. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, you really wouldn't expect that team without a player of that quality to be able to to put up decent points on, on someone like Green Bay. Um, yeah, and if we're, if we're looking at it from that angle, Green Bay are a lot better than Minnesota are. And, you know, have uh, has Kirk Cousins got 20, 30 points in him when he's under a lot of pressure and his running game isn't going well? I'm not so sure. So it's all going to depend on how that first quarter with Elvin Cook goes. Yeah, definitely. Um well, next up we have got Chicago Bears at the Eagles. I mean, again, I, I, I think this is another tough one to call because I'm not convinced by either of these teams either. Um, no. Um, yeah, I, you can sort of see this one being a single-digit affair for both of them. They're they're both reliant on their um, on their defensive units at the moment, and uh, they've both got big-name first-round quarterbacks who aren't performing as well as they should be doing. Um, again, I, I don't feel like that's one I'm going to be glued to. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, not one for the purists. But um, I feel as though this is probably Chicago um, for me this week. I, I feel like last week for Philly was a a bit of a fluke, and I'm, I'm I've watched that back uh, coaches film a couple of times, and I still can't really see how they managed it. Um, but uh, I feel like a an angry Kelly or Mac who's um, not liking being back on a losing record again, it's far too reminiscent of Oakland, is um, is going to do the damage this week. Yeah, I'm going for the Eagles, I think, mainly because, for me, I basically see the Eagles a team that does everything apart from stop the pass, really. And I mean, if you can pass the ball, then I think you'll beat the Eagles, but I'm not sure the Bears can pass the ball with Mitch Trubisky in there. It was a bit how I felt about the Bills game last week, where, I mean, I picked the Eagles basically because... I mean, I think the Eagles' obvious weakness is the secondary, which, I mean, another team that's surprising they didn't make some sort of move there. But, I mean, if you could pass on them, you can beat the Eagles easily, I think. But, I mean, I'm just not sure the Bears are the team to do that. And, 
I mean, I'm not sure I see the Bears putting up more than like 14 points again. And I mean, I think the Eagles can just about edge that. But yeah, as I said, it's not not going to be the most exciting game this one. No, and from uh, from looking back at, at when the Saints played uh, played Chicago, and see we ran out to a, a big lead and up something like 27 unanswered points, and then kind of let them back into the game at the end. Um, and I'm not saying this is in any way a good thing for Chicago or any kind of compliment on Trubisky, but um, when when the Saints kind of stopped trying and Trubisky had more time and there was more space in the secondary, he wasn't really getting rushed properly. Um, the cornerbacks weren't competing as, as much as they had been before we'd run 30 points on him. He looked a lot better. And if Philly's weakness is that they give you the time to throw the ball, and they're not contesting those catches as much. He might have a better day than than he would do than he would have done earlier on in the year. Um, yeah, I think what I'm doing there is comparing Philly's defense to the Saints when they'd already gone home. But yeah. uh, <laughs> about right though. I, yeah, I, I think that could be how it actually goes down. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, interesting because I mean, to me, half of them like Trubisky has not been good in any way. But no. I mean, lots of people have talked about it, obviously, but to me, the play calling is just horrendous at the moment in. Chicago. I don't get how they're using the run game. I mean, you've got Mitch Trubisky and they're running the ball like 10 times a game half the time. I know at the weekend Montgomery got a few more carries, but up until this week it's been... It just makes no sense at all to me. I don't know why you're putting the ball in Trubisky's hands so often. I mean, it just makes it harder for him, doesn't it? If you're not running the ball, then Trubisky can't possibly be effective. Yeah, if you're just letting the, the end tee off on the quarterback every time when you know he's a little bit flaky and he's he's prone to panicking then it's just going to make his day that much harder. But, um, yeah, they just they just don't seem to want to run it. Um, I don't know, maybe this is maybe this will be remembered as the Jordan Howard revenge game. And uh, he runs for 23 yards, and <laughs> so I'm happy. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, just a, a weird, weird team, the Bears. And, yeah, I don't, don't really get where they are. But, yeah, I'm going for the Eagles, but yeah, could, could go either way in this one, then. I'll happily just check the result at the end of the game, I think. <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, edit that one off, Red Zone. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Um, well, we're into the 9 o'clock games now. Um, we've got the Detroit Lions at the Raiders. Um, two Again, two <laughs> quite weird teams. Yeah. Um, Detroit, have, they've looked very, very good for a team that's 3-3-1. Three, three and one. Yeah. Um, You sort of expect them to have been challenged. You, sort of, yeah, you look at the the team name and the logo and that record and it makes sense but then you actually watch how Stafford's doing and, and how they're playing as a unit and you think they should be doing better really um, I don't I don't really see Oakland having enough in them to to be able to turn Detroit over on this one but um, I think it'll be close Yeah it's it's probably two teams that I'd have in my uh, if I was sort of putting teams into surprise packages this season these both would have been in there um, yeah, I think I said the Lions have played so much better than their record. I think they play better than some of the teams have a better record than them right now. Um, I think we said with the Colts earlier that teams just find a way to win these good teams, and I think the Lions just find a way to not win, don't they, and lose these games. From I mean, they should have probably beaten the Chiefs and the Packers, and they've lost both them games, and then got sort of a bit demolished by the Vikings. But that also felt like a bit of an upset at the time. But yeah, I think the Lions have just got a bit too much of the Raiders, really. I think so. Um, I mean, if you're looking at that NFC North division, 
you'd kind of expect from from watching if you didn't know what the results were if you were just watching the two teams play Minnesota and, Det- and Detroit have probably got each other's records yeah I think Detroit have played more like a six and two definitely more like a six and two team than Minnesota have and well, Oakland are, are probably betting their record a little bit as well I can yeah I feel like it's Detroit this week yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. I mean, uh, the Reds are actually favourites in this game, which surprises me. But yeah, the Lions uh, plus two, and yeah, I'm I'm all over them. I think this week. Your, uh, your betting podcast, that's uh, some money to be made there. Yeah, I mean, it's not gone so great so far with my pick. So <laughs> the the Raiders are basically a lock now. So it's uh, <laughs> but yeah, the Lions, I like them. Um, well, next up we got off of a, uh, is it another what. Two free picks, is it, for Jameis Winston going up against the Seattle Seahawks? I mean, is this going to be yeah. another one of those games for him? Um, I I cannot see anything happening in this other than the Bucks getting murdered. Um, yeah, they're they're a bad team. Um, <laughs> like we were saying at the start, it's just another organisation that's made some bad decisions. And uh, as much as I like him. go out and do his thing and his thing is throwing interceptions and he's doing really well at it um, the, the rest of the um, of the Saints division the rest of the NFC South after maybe Carolina is just is just dead air at the moment and uh, Seattle should be far too good for the Bucks. yeah it, it's hard to see isn't it anything else but I mean the, the Seahawks haven't got the strongest defence in the world and it, you could definitely see the Bucks putting up some yardage and Mike Evers having a big game and Godwin having a big game, but it doesn't really feel like it's going to come to much, does it? It feels like no. the Seahawks will just run, all, um, yeah, just run and throw all over them. Really, another big locket game and DK Metcalf and yeah, it's... yeah. If you're looking at this one as a shootout and it's going to be a lot of points, but it's going to be close at the end. Like, who do you trust to to win that for you, Russell Wilson or James Winston? Um, yeah, I, I can't see past the Seahawks on this one. Yeah, it, it, it's hard as one of the. Last Last few remaining people on the Jameis uh, bandwagon, but it's um, yeah. I think this is a, an easy Seahawks win. And I, I tell you, I was um, <laughs> uh, to be as uh, as flattering to him as I can. Um, I was absolutely delighted when he got drafted by the Bucks because um, uh, I'm not his biggest fan as a person, and uh, I thought it'd just be fun to Cam Jordan pummel him twice a year. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, he's. Uh, it, like I say, he's doing his thing, and it's it's kind of set up for him to to take the chance if he if he gets one. If he's going to keep airing it out to Evans, then eventually he's going to have a good day. But I don't think this is going to be his good day. No, yeah, I'm with you on that one. It feels like an easy Seahawks win, doesn't it? But I mean, the Seahawks do have these games where they just somehow lose, don't they? And uh, who knows? Maybe this is that one. But yeah, doesn't feel like it in the in the build up. Um, Oh, next up, we've got a few games left to do. It is the Browns at the Broncos. I mean, uh, yeah, another uh, another must not watch. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't see Cleveland having a worse day than the ads this week, and nobody's come out and said we will absolutely beat Denver. Um, so maybe they'll have a slightly a slightly better day. Yeah, um, yeah, Denver now without Joe Flacco um, for the rest of the year. It looks like, or at least. I think someone had put it down as um, Joe Flacco likely to be injured at least until the playoffs. Um, so we'll just call that the rest. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's sad yeah. to say. Yeah, I, Denver have still got 
some quality pieces on uh, on defence and they've managed to keep hold of Von Miller and Chris Harris. And uh, that'll be that'll be difficult for um uh, for Baker, but I think they're training regime for this week is going to be ball security 101 and give it to Nick Chubb and uh, sellotape his hands together so he doesn't keep dropping it again and uh, and just put it in the hands of the uh, offensive playmakers um, the defensive units for those two are, are pretty similar um, but I just think Cleveland have got that little bit extra on um, on offence. Um, did see a great start this week on uh, Odell Beckham who's uh, she's been having uh, passes thrown to him by Eli Manning uh, for the rest of his career, but he's about to put up career low numbers. And um, it was it was a picture of, of two players, one in a black and gold jersey and uh, one in the Browns. Uh, and one of them was Odell Beckham, and he had one receiving touchdown on the air. And the other one was, uh, it was Taysom Hill. He's a backup quarterback and has three receiving touchdowns on the air. Well, so um, Odell Beckham is as good if not much worse than a third-string QB. That is, uh, yes, yeah, it's pretty insane. I, I do think the uh, the Browns are going to even out a bit over the second half of the season. They have probably the easiest schedule you'll ever see an NFL team have. I think they play the Bengals twice, the Steelers twice, the Dolphins, the Redskins, the Broncos, and someone else really bad. So I do think uh, things will even out for them and probably save Kitchen's job somehow. But, yeah, I think they're just... I've been on it all season that the Browns just aren't particularly good and I'm not the biggest Baker fan in the world. But, yeah, they've got to come out of this one with a win, haven't they? Up against a backup QB, a team that was actually great anyway, were they? And, yeah, they're going to get a backup QB. They've got to win this one. Yeah, their, their strength of roster is going to... Sorry, their strength of schedule is going to put them back closer to Jeff Fisher by the end of the year. But <laughs> yeah. uh, I think this will be the start of it. They cannot be worse than they were last week. And, uh, and Denver aren't exactly going to challenge him. So, yeah, we'll give that one to Cleveland. Yeah, definitely. Um, what? Well, probably doesn't look as tight of a game as it perhaps would have a few, um, at the start of the season, uh, but it's the Green Bay Packers at the Los Angeles Chargers. I mean, does this can the Chargers win this one, or is this a, another easy win for the Packers? If you were doing the TV schedules at the start of the year, yeah. this would be uh, um, like a playoff preview and possibly a... You know, like a late end of the playoff. Yeah, uh, two great teams going up against each other, and the Chargers have just been garbage for the last few weeks, and and Green Bay are just going from strength to strength. So, I I can't see anything other than Green Bay on this one. Um, the Chargers have probably got a big upset in them at some point, but I don't think it's this week. No, I, I love the Packers. I think everything they're doing is great. The offense is finally starting to click, I think. I think Devontae Adams might be back this week as well. But even without him, that offense is doing great. And I mean, I think the defense is really good. Yeah, there's just, there's not many ways I see the Chargers winning this game. I mean, even if they're tight, they'll do something stupid at the end, won't they, to throw it away anyway. So, yeah, yeah. it just seems it seems easy Packers win this. Yeah, the, the great thing for me with Green Bay at the moment is that every week there seems to be a new star whether it's uh, it's Lazard or Williams or Jones or somebody, it's like everybody's got their own week to yeah. to show off. I was really impressed with uh, Aaron Jones's uh, his receiving touchdown this week when he was you know dragging his feet in the end zone like a receiver would do, and um, you know they they just look they look brilliant across the board. Um, the only little bit of a weakness I'd say is like we've said earlier, and um, they did let. Matt Moore put 17 points on him 
um, with a yeah with Kansas City last week, but um, they're too they're too good and they're too well led. I think that is to to let themselves slip up against um, LAC. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It, it, I, yeah, I just can't see it going any other way. Um, next up, the Sunday night football game this week is probably the game of the week. I guess it is the Patriots at the Ravens. Um, yeah, this is the one. Um, do you think that this is when the Patriots have their first defeat? I do not. No, it's. I think the Lamar Jackson hype's getting a little bit out of control. I think he's obviously very exciting and very fun, but I feel like Bill Belichick will be relishing this matchup. I think he will. This is the sort of matchup he'll be pretty excited about trying to stop. Lamar Jackson. I mean, the picture, he's got an incredible record against second year, first and second year quarterbacks, hasn't he? he barely ever loses. And mm. I think Lamar Jackson's season. I think people sort of forget that he did have. He had like a good start, then a pretty bad run. Uh, he wasn't particularly good from like weeks four to six. I think it would have been, and then he's had another good couple of weeks now. So it's not like he's been great every week. And I think this is. I mean, to me. I would take the Ravens in the AFC Championship game now. If you if you give it to me and we can get there, I'll take my chances against playing the Ravens over some of these other teams in the AFC. I think there's other teams that pose a little bit more threat than them. But yeah, to me, I think being in, in Baltimore puts the chances up a little bit higher. But I, I, yeah, I feel pretty confident on this one. I, I don't feel like this is the one. I feel like I feel like we will lose a game. I don't think we're going unbeaten this season. But I was going to say, do you feel like the one is coming? But yeah, I don't think it's this one. I think it'll be probably the Chiefs. But yeah, to me, I think this is a this is absolutely a Bill Belichick game. I think I feel like he loves these games. He lives for them. And yeah, to me, this is a Patriots win. Do, do you think this is it? Is this the one? Uh, I think it's unlikely. I think this is going to come down to. If Lamar Jackson is very on Lamar Jackson-like this week, he might have a chance. If he's coming into this, having his all of his tapers, he's going to run for 100 yards and he's going to fling it over the back of his head and he's going to do all this magical stuff. If he turns up and does a solid day as a pocket passer, runs for 50 yards when he has to and lets Mark Ingram do the work for him and he just stays solid, stays sensible, sticks behind the running game and behind his defence... There's a chance he might, he might be able to push Belichick close, but if he turns up thinking that he's the next best thing, and he's going to throw for 500 yards and he's going to embarrass him, he's going to have a very, very bad day. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think this is a real interesting game in terms of the Patriots' defense, isn't it? Whether they are the real deal, because although Lamar Jackson doesn't probably pose the threat that some others do through the air, he is. Is an incredible runner. There's no, there's no getting around that, is there? He is absolutely electric when he's got the ball in his hands. But yeah, I, I, I really think the Patriots defense can not going to stop him. I don't think they're going to stop him entirely. Same as they weren't didn't stop Mahomes last year when they played. You can't stop these quarterbacks, but you can limit them. And I think the Patriots will limit them enough. And I think they'll do enough on offense to to beat them. Well, this is the um, the Belichick mantra, isn't it? It's this yeah. bend up like stuff um, that the Patriots defense do so well. Um, the only thing I'd, I guess, I'd point to, um, of your record so far, and I'm sure you get this every week, but of over those those eight wins. God, you played some rubbish. Oh, of course. <laughs> I mean, um, you know, the first 
the the closest it's it's been to that first loss was the Bills week four, who again is a is a mobile quarterback who can be a little bit shifty when he needs to and can break up the field and um but with Josh Allen it's that's the secondary part of his game, not on like an equal playing field. And uh, if if Lamar Jackson's got any sense, he's he's had that Bills game filled on for the past few weeks trying to prepare for this. There's, that for me was a a good a good sense of how the Patriots can be beaten. Yeah, but yeah. it just needs to be done by a better group of players. Yeah, I, I think the difference for me is though I just don't think that Ravens defense is even half the Bills defense. You know, I don't think I don't think the Ravens defense can do quite enough. I, I do think the Ravens offense will put up some points. I just don't think it'll be quite enough. I, I see it being something like a twenty to twenty-four sort of game, something along the lines. You no, know, quite close, but I think the Patriots will just just have a bit too much and a bit too much experience and a bit too. I think that's the thing with the Patriots defense. There's just so many players that have played together for a few years now, and just they all just know what they're doing. They all just know what's happening, what the others are doing, and yeah, I feel like yeah, I feel like it's just a bad match up for the Ravens. This I think it's just a bad match and. The Patriots can win this one. Yeah. There's, there's, some, there's something to be said for just consistently winning with a consistent group of people. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, yeah. it makes it it makes everything very easy and makes everything slow down a lot when you've you've got that kind of consistency and you're not with a new quarterback every other week, a, a new coach and a new running back and whatever else. It's yeah, it must be quite nice. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's not not been too bad being a Patriots man over the years. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, are you picking the Patriots there, or are you yeah, going to go with the upset? Yeah, I think. Um, I'd, uh, as much as I'd, I'd like the Ravens to make this interesting, I'd, I think the better team's going to win this one. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I, I do obviously pick the Patriots every single week. I, I'd pick the Patriots even if we were the current Cincinnati Bengals. I'd pick them every week because, you know, just what I do. But, um, yeah, I do think this is a Patriots win. I do feel pretty confident in it. Um Monday Night Football, another dreadful game, probably. Um, it's not been the best couple of Monday Night Footballs in a row. Row is it with uh, the Steelers at the Dolphins or whichever way round it was, and then now we've got the Dallas Cowboys heading to the New York Giants. Um, yeah. I mean, is Daniel Jones going to throw another pick or two in this one, or can he actually can throw, hold onto the ball? I think he's going to throw a couple. I think that's <laughs> yeah. going to throw a couple. I think everyone's going to get a go. Um, it's just like the the listings editor for uh, for the NFL is just he's he's picking games from the eighties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah, I, it's going to be garbage. Is that one? Um, yeah. It's it's coming down to the only interesting bit of that is going to be Zeke versus Saquon, and it's um, it's going to be the running games and and who's the most electric and fighting out of those two because you can't see either of those quarterbacks leading anyone anywhere, and uh, yeah, not one to stay up for. No. I mean, there's some interesting players. I think um, Darius Slayton for the Giants is coming on really strong this, well, second quarter of the season. I think he's a yeah, really exciting player, and I think Evan Ingram's good, but still no interest in watching it. I think what's weird for me, when Daniel Jones was coming out, I had him down as quite a, a safe pair of hands. I had him quite a, quite a boring quarterback that wasn't going to be too exciting, but you know, just like an Alex Smith, really. <laughs> Someone who could run a bit. He wasn't going to turn the ball over too many times, but he's been anything but that. Every week he just throws up these balls that get picked off. And I think he's lucky to only have... He's got like 11, hasn't he, or something? He's lucky to only have that few. 
Uh, I think he's it's ten and seven. I think he's his TDI until this oh, year. Oh, was it? Also, um, also not but yes, it's it's not great anyway, is it? No, um, it's he he plays like um, like somebody's told him that he's just supposed to be a game managing quarterback, and he wants to prove him wrong. Yeah, <laughs> and he just has these moments where he's oh yeah, let's just lob it up to somebody else. Um, but the the thing with the receivers for the Giants at the moment, I I guess it must be quite freeing as a as a rookie wide receiver to know that if you mess up, the next option behind you on the depth chart, the guy who's going to get your reps, is the bloke that cleans your boots at the end of the day. There's just <laughs> nobody left, no. um, and it's it's kind of the same with um, with Dallas really as well. Like you've got you've got Amari Cooper who's who's had a revival and he's playing very well, and but then you've got Gallup, who's ha- either has a 500-yard day or a five-yard day, and then behind that, there's just kind of nothing. They they feel like half teams, both of them, and they're both just so far away from being anywhere near mm-hmm. contending at the end of the season. That um, yeah, I think this should be pretty tame, really. This one, I guess. Uh, do you know what? I'm going to give this to New York. Wow. I think it's funny when Dallas lose. <laughs> I, I, I think it's going to be hard to split those two, but. Um, I think I'm going to give that to the Giants. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going for the Cowboys, but I just think they just they just got a few more players there that can do something really. And but again, it's not not a confident pick. I mean, like we were talking about Andy Dalton earlier. I, like, I don't think Dak's much to Andy Dalton. He's just got a better team around him. I feel like Dak's just doing what Andy Dalton's done over the years. He just plays to the level of the team around him, really, doesn't he? And yeah. Absolutely. I think he's fine. I think he's a decent enough quarterback, but I don't think he's a, a difference maker. And I think, no, I think no. he'll have enough here, but yeah, it's just not great, is it? That's exactly it. He's he's just fine, and you don't pay players that are just fine forty million dollars a year. No, I mean I think they will pay him it, but um, yeah, I think it's going to be one of them contracts that's scrutinised, isn't it, for quite some time? Yeah, it's it again. We've said this so many times this week. It's. Um, it's teams that are questionably run making questionable decisions. Yeah, I mean the thing is with Dak, if the Cowboys didn't pay him, somebody else would, wouldn't they? There'd be someone else out there willing to pay him that money. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah, um, he he doesn't know how good he's got it at the moment. I think. Uh, yeah, I think he's uh, a bit like Kirk Cousins did. I think he's sort of landed at, I don't know. So it's just the perfect storm for him. I think it's all all come together to. I think he's his renews uh, his renewals up at the right time. I think. Yeah, I think everything's just worked perfectly for him, really. Yeah, I think so. Um, just got to go out there now and prove that he, he's worth it and um, yeah. see if he is. I guess beating up on the Giants helps. They're not, not exactly a great defence, are they? No, and I think that keeps your um, your local crowd pretty happy. Yeah. Um, if he can beat uh, a New York team and uh, Philly every year, then uh, he's probably worth the money to him. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, that rounds us up for week nine. So, really can't believe it's week nine already. It's uh, flying by. Um well, thank you very much for coming on. Um, where, can, where can people find you and all that sort of stuff on Twitter? Um, so we, we will be setting up um, new social media watsits and different ways to uh, to find the podcast for the Saints on uh, pretty soon. But at the moment, if you wherever you get your podcast or wherever you're listening to this one, if you look for Channel 12 and, uh, and the Saints episodes on there, you'll have me and Jake every week. And I'll promise you, even if you're not a Saints fan, they are good to listen to. They are just, yeah, real good. Normally, normally about half hour, 40 minutes, aren't they, I think? Yeah. yeah they're, always they're, good. 
there, there are people we're not particularly polite about. If you're <laughs> a big uh, Carolina or Ted Ginn fan, you're going to struggle. But um, <laughs> on the whole, they're perfectly nice people. Come give us a listen. I mean, compared to the Cowboys podcast, you are very, very tame. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Your sex a your sex a lot less editing. Um, I'll just leave leave it leave it with that one. But um, yeah, definitely check that podcast out. Is uh, yes, yeah, great every single week. Um, well, again, thank you very much for coming on. Love to have you back on again sometime. No worries. And uh, yeah, we we'll hope that uh, Ross enjoys uh, having his picture taken with Mickey Mouse and uh, <laughs> back next week. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so it's uh, two weeks he's been off now. So. I mean, I might, I might not let him back on the podcast now. He might be, he might be gone permanently. But you know, I'll, I'll see, I'll see what he says for himself. But I might let him back on next week. Okay. Maybe he'll bring you back a t-shirt or something, or one of those um, hats with ears on. Yeah, I was gonna say I want some uh, Mickey Mouse ears, or he's not not allowed back on. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, yeah. So Ross should be back next week. I much prefer it when he's doing the hosting. So yeah, hopefully he's back next week to do that. Um, well, until then, um, yeah, we'll see you later. Thank you for listening.